Hey, it's Dr. Michael Rich, the Mediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician and child health researcher who specializes in the effects of the media kids use and how they use them on their physical, mental, and social health. And I'm here with the Mediatrics educator, Christelle Lavalley. Hey, so Michael, I actually have a favor. Okay. So my family knows what I do, and they... They have a question for you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this comes from one of my aunts, actually. This is using old technology, obviously. <laughs> it really is. Word of mouth. So my aunt, she's a, uh, she's a single parent now. She's divorced, um, and she has an 11-year-old, beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, and she's on social media, which I already know is problematic. Um, but she's on social media, and my aunt has now been hearing rumors of things like cyberbullying that's happening. And, you know, she sees that her daughter is, is really worried, is, is kind of avoiding social media, but then on it all the time. It just, it seems like a very tenuous relationship. But when I've asked her, you know, how is it going? She doesn't want to talk to her daughter about it at all because she's worried about infringing her privacy on her daughter's privacy. So that's kind of, you know, this, this girl has free reign over the social media space. So what can I, you know, I've been struggling to kind of tell her what to do. I think it would be great for you to. <laughs> you <know>? oh. Oh, <laughs> so you're copping out. You. Exactly. You're copping out. So if you could give that advice, because honestly, we also get this question in all the time. You know, they don't, parents don't want to infringe on kids' privacy. They don't know what's going on. Interestingly, um, your cousin at 11 years old, is two years too young to be legally using social media. And the Childhood Online Privacy Protection Act, or COPPA... Which no one knows about, so please tell us more. ...was put in place in the early days of social media because of the ethics of advertising to children who had not yet developed the cognitive function to understand persuasive intent. And so they were a vulnerable population to be advertised to. And particularly because social media does narrow targeting uh, based on someone's interests of what they are getting in terms of marketing information and what of their marketing information is being sold to companies. Um, they put in the limit, age limit of 13 for social media. Now, so wait, I just want to emphasize that point for my family listening out there. Under 13, it's, you're not supposed to be on social media. But interestingly, what this parallels is this privacy issue. And it parallels it because of the neurodevelopment of a 13 or 11 or 9-year-old who is on social media. And this applies to privacy, too. Privacy is actually a, a concept that we formulate through our prefrontal cortex of our brain, our executive function, which is in charge of impulse control, future thinking, cause and effect, and self-regulation. Um, and when a child is 13 years old, or 11 years old in this case, they are more than a decade from figuring out how to control themselves and a decade from having a fully mature set of executive functions. And the people who figured this out before the neuroscientists were the rental car companies. Wait, what? When can you rent a car? At what age? 25. How long have some people been driving by the age of 25? Oh, since they've been 16. Right. But here's the interesting thing. What rental car companies figured out is that age 25 is where their risk 
of renting a car to you is finally outweighed by the benefits of renting a car to oh, you. Geez, yeah. Because of impulse control, future thinking, and all those things we just talked about. So let's apply that concept to privacy. The concept of privacy to a child is not understanding what's going to happen tomorrow or a week from now or a year from now or when they apply to college or apply to a job. If they show this picture of them as an 11-year-old holding a beer can or in a sexy bathing suit. Um, and so we're, the parent's concept of privacy and the child's concept are very different. To an 11-year-old, privacy means so mom and dad can't know. That is completely true for my cousin. And it doesn't matter about all those faceless strangers out there. Right. <laughs> um, so I think that if we can actually have an open talk between your cousin and her mom and say, here's the thing. There are things you could put online that are going to hurt you in the future. And I know that doesn't make sense to you now. And it's part of my role to help you protect yourself and to protect your future you from your now you. And I will need to help you with this, not just on social media, which you shouldn't be on anyway, but in all of your interactions that you're putting up on that large public billboard called the internet. So my cousin or my aunt's name, sorry, is Stephanie. Should Stephanie be concerned about infringing on her daughter's privacy? Even just by having that conversation? What is the harm of infringing on her privacy? I don't see one. <laughs> well, I think the one that parents worry about the most is pissing their kids off. Yes. Right? Um, and, you know, it, it's not brand new to the internet. I mean, kids, particularly girls, for decades have kept diaries in that locked drawer <laughs> or whatever. One. Right? But that diary stays in that drawer what goes online goes far it goes fast and it's sticky which means that no matter how much you try to go back and erase it there's somebody somewhere who has it on a server or a hard drive right and so when it is compromising information gossip about somebody or um, a, a nude or semi-nude picture anything of that nature Understand that just like with the grandma rule, where you don't want to post anything online that you don't want grandma to see because she can, mm -hmm. it's very important for Stephanie to help her daughter understand that she needs to build her respect for herself and for others in the online space as well as the offline space. And the online space is particularly problematic because things go far and fast and are sticky. So it's okay to help her understand that she doesn't really fully understand privacy at this age in her life. And just as Stephanie wouldn't allow her to have vodka because other people have it or because it's what you need to do to fit in with your peers, she should think about social media and internet use in the same way. And it is okay for her to sit next to her daughter while she is online. It is okay for her to help her negotiate what can be a great, fun, wonderful place, but also can be 
a dangerous place if used without the knowledge of this future thinking and impulse control that she has and her daughter can no no more be expected to have at 11 than you would expect a six-month-old to be able to walk. Such good advice. Thank you, Michael, because you really helped me out here. And on Steph, I really hope you're listening. <laughs> and, <laughs> and understand that your niece just threw you under the bus. I'm going to buy her a diary a- <laughs> and tell her to write it all in there after your advice. It'll be good. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be fine. So thank you. And for those of you out there who are interested in these types of topics, as well as the science behind them, we encourage you to visit us at askthemediatrician.org. There you can also submit your own question to the mediatrician. And our mediatrician is also a tweeter. You can follow him on Twitter at mediatrician. And please, please, please remember to share and subscribe to this podcast. And enjoy your media and use them wisely and privately. And enjoy your kids, and let them have as much privacy as they can understand and manage. Ask the Mediatrician is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by pediatrics educator Christelle Lavalley. Jill R. Cavanaugh is our Chief Knowledge Officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music Recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer, Alicia Haywood. Music